Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today I want to talk about your cat, like every other show, right? But you think of your cat as a member of the family, right? And although we may think of our pets as children, legislation doesn't. And you might be surprised to learn that in a divorce or a state settlement, pets are considered property. That's right. They're legal property, just like your car and your jewelry. And decisions are made based upon property awards, not necessarily what's in the best interest of the pet or what you had in mind for your pet. So I invited Robert Green, co-founder of Life Pet Care, to the show today to talk to us about what we can do to make sure Kitty is taken care of in the event of divorce or death. So welcome to the show, Robert. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, you are absolutely right. Um, you know, legislation is slowly moving towards uh, identifying cats and all all uh, pets as elevated beyond just property. Um, and the and the four states that have laws that treat pets or define pets as pet companions above uh, an elevated definition above property are New York, Alaska, Illinois, and California. So uh, New York just recently, as of last year, is the most recent state to pass such legislation. And then there's legislation in, in the works in Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, and Washington, DC. And you, you might ask yourself, well, why is that definition pets as property, uh, you know, problematic. And I think it's it's self-evident to pet owners, but non-pet owners, let's educate them. You know, it is inherently wrong and hurtful to have that definition. Um, and I, I'm going to give you a scenario to show you why. Okay. If you go home and you see your chair and you destroy your chair, there is no ramification. There is no law to say you were wrong for destroying your chair. But if you go home and kill your cat, there are laws for endangerment of animals, you know? So there's this disparity um, in how, uh, you know, property is defined. And we're here to really solve that. Um, you know, at uh, lifepet.care, we are actually lobbying very hard uh, in states and we have reached out to um, certain senators uh, we have Senator Steiner Hayward in Oregon, Senator Ruth Hardy in Vermont, and Senator Donna Bailey of Maine, um, where we're saying, look, look at the legislation of these other states. And the reason why we chose those states are those are pet-friendly states, so they really should have these things in their books. And the problem is, is that the courts are begging for help on this. They know that um, looking at property and how courts look at property is that who bought the property or who acquired the property, and that's who they assigned that to. And I'm going to be frank, it's mildly misogynistic, you know. Um, in traditional households where the, the breadwinner might be a male, then 
they get awarded the 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 cat and the, the question begs you know who is the cat comfortable with who acts in the interest of the animal and mm -hmm. that is the whole purpose of our company you know is that uh we want to lobby uh on behalf of the interest of uh, the animal when these situations arise. So what what we're doing is, um, you know, yes, we're talking to these politicians, but we're also giving uh, lawyers um, the sort of foundation to bring an airtight uh, a case to the courts, because this is what the courts really want. The courts can only rule on, you know, legislation that comes in, or if there's, uh, they could set a precedent if you bring an airtight case. And the last thing, they look at past cases, you know, case history of, of such situations. So there's not a lot. So they need help on this. And, and they really are, you know, looking for guidance on this. So we've, we've picked um, uh, an association in Florida, Family Law Association in Florida, um, to help us uh, bring cases uh, to the courts. Uh, now, this is just a proposal to them. Um, we're not sure if they've accepted it or not. But what we're trying to do is to find uh, lawyers that have such cases where we can go before the courts and say, okay, there is a litmus test on animal companions. And that litmus test is, um, you know, is there an emotive relationship between now, the, I have to say this, unfortunately, is there an emotive relationship between the property and the pet owner? And if that is a yes, that and, and I love using cats because the story I, I usually say is, you know, you, you'll bring the cat supper, the cat's really happy, the cat's going to surprise you with a dead cat in return, or, or dead kitten, <laughs> um, you know, a dead rat in return. Um, sorry, I messed up, mixed up messed up there but the 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 you know the cat brings this rat in return you're like ah but that is them presenting to you saying hey i'm contributing to the household too so there is this <laughs> this relationship that is that is a bonding and emotive relationship where they are you know both sides benefit from that you know and these are you know animate beings so th that's the airtight case that we want uh in in custody battles to come forward with and why we want that and this is why it's important is because um, then we can bring forth assessments to show the courts well we have a caregiver assessment and both sides this is how they scored so they don't only have one linear um, proof of property so judges say okay who has the receipt for the cat you know I mean that's that's not that's not a good way to make a decision, but here are some assessments um, of how they scored. And it looks like based on the assessment, you know, that there is a stronger caregiver in this relationship to allow the judges to, you know, rule beyond just property. Yeah. So, I, so I, it, when it's a, you know, it, I'm assuming this is only an issue in a in a divorce settlement where the two parties are disagreeing about where the pet's going to go, right? If you've if you've already agreed and you say, "Well, I, you know, I'm I work from home, I'm there more, the cat's not going to be alone as much as if as if it's with you, so I would clearly be the better caregiver." And the spouse says, "Yes, absolutely. I agree with that." And there's no, you know, there's no contest over that then that's not an issue, right? Correct. It's only an exactly. issue where they're fighting over who's going to get the animals. 
Right. And, and then the other part, which is very important, is, and, and I think you said it succinctly, is, you know, if you have a partner that is, you know, out of, you know, in the, their office and not at home that much, does that benefit the cat? And a lot of this legislation allows for judges to think about the pet themselves, you know, and to think about, um, you know, the, the benefits. And, and that's what we do uh, with LifePet.Care in our, you know, pet trust accounts is that we administer care to the pet according to the wishes of the of the deceased donor um, to make sure that the quality of life and quality of care is there. So we are actually there for the cat when the owner's not there. Kind of like an ex executor of the of the cat's life. Well, it's, it's, it's a trustee. So it's a pet administration where, you know, we cut checks um, at, according to the budget set by the uh, the the estate will, but, um, you know, we can do visitations, we can do, depending on how it's structured with the, within the will, uh, there's certain parameters that, that we could, you know, remove the cat if we think the caregiver is putting the cat at harm. So there's a lot there that we think we have to facilitate um, an ease of life uh, for animals when their caregivers have died. Mm -hmm. And isn't that it's not just as easy as putting it in your will and saying, I, you know, I set aside $25,000 for, you know, Aunt Mary to take Fluffy when I die. I mean, it's no, and, and that's the problem. And that's, you know, uh, lawyers are beginning to realize that, you know, they're the provisions that they've done up until now are lacking is because let's say you do leave $25,000 to your friend. Uh, Betty um, to take care of your cat when you're gone, what's to prevent Betty from just taking the $25 and putting the cat down? You know, right. there's no provisions. Um, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think nine times out of 10 people are very careful to look for caregivers that know the cat and will take care of the cat. But th we're coming into situations now where, um, you know, uh, estate will attorneys are getting approached by people that are 89 or 90 years old that decided they're lonely and they got a kitten and there's no next of kin for them. What can they do? Uh, well, they can come to us and we can do a, we can present them some caregivers. There's group home caregivers or individual caregivers, depending on how you want to set that up so that we can ensure that there is someone there. And we usually give them the profile so that they could read the profile or a choice of profiles and say, that person is perfect. I want that person, you know, and then we'll, we'll set that up and set the budget and stuff. But I mean, we, you know, we try to scale it so that, you know, for people that are, um, you know, <clears throat> financially strapped who can't really go and have, you know, these uh, uh, long estate plans, we actually have pet addendum kits that you can attach onto wills. They're, you know, um, and, they're 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 twenty nine ninety nine, uh, but you know we can get you a discount and uh, there's discount coupons out there um, that we could ha you know have taken care of. Mm -hmm. And and I think you even set that up for us on there where um, if they use the code cat talk, then um, they'll get a thirty percent discount. Thirty three percent discount. Okay. Off okay. the twenty nine ninety nine, and that's pretty significant. So you know, just go to lifepet.care uh, for and click on the pet uh, owners section, and you'll see where you can get your downloadable 
uh, pet will addendum kit, and it's fully explainable. You fill it all out, and you know you're you're saving real well just by watching on this show. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. I also found out that you know it is it 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 is difficult. I mean, uh, let's talk a little bit about what happens in a shelter since I'm I'm yes. in shelters so often. I often see cats come in and I'm sure there's dogs. I just don't work with them, but I often see cats come in because the owner is deceased and and the children or the you know, whatever, the brothers and sisters um, bring the cat into the shelter and surrender it because they're not able to take care of it or don't want to take care of it or it's not getting along with their prey driven dogs and things like that. And these poor cats, I mean, they're already grieving and have gone through so much trauma over, you know, probably maybe being there when their owner even passed and and things are all different and changed and they're missing their companion. And now they're in a shelter environment on top of that. I mean, it's it's hard on them. Those those are frequently some of the behavior, you know, animals that we deal with in the shelter. Yeah. And I call those worst case scenarios. And I think you can agree with me is that, you know, it's it's being you're enclosed in four walls. Uh, You don't have interaction. Um, A lot of these shelters are inundated with pets. So, um, you know, and they're short staffed and underfunded. So uh, and then they have to make, you know, care uh, life making decisions on animals to see, you know, well, this one's adoptable or this one's not. And they don't really have the tools uh, to really do those assessments because they're so short staffed. So like I said, a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, when you pass on, there's a high percentage of a chance that your your pet will be put down. And, you know, and I, and I know it's not your wishes, but you have to think this way. I have to think of the future of my pet. Now, a lot of people are thinking, well, Pets don't live as long as we do, but you have to look at at what point did you, you know, acquire the pet. And a lot of elderly people acquire pets due to loneliness, you know, and so these pets are actually going to outlive them. So I really hope and we're, we're trying to push really hard to incentivize the shelters to say with each adoption, you know, you, here's a kit, uh, you know, that you can, you know, attach to your will to, to help, you know, facilitate you know, your end of life, not necessarily being their end of life, your pet's end of life. So, um, you know, these things are, 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 are new. Um, we're the first in the industry to do this. Um, but the beauty of it is, is that everyone is listening to us. Everyone's saying, yeah, you, you have a point there and, and we're, we're glad you exist. Now, one of the problems with us uh, in, in our immediate launch was that we had a lot of lawyers call saying, yeah, I'm in this situation where the, um, you know, the caregiver has decided they no longer want the pet and they want to offload it onto someone. What can you do for us? And, you know, unfortunately, what we say to them is that we have to do a pet assessment before we can decide to take the pet. You know, um, because, again, you're looking at two entities, you're looking at a pet caregiver, and we want to be fair to the pet caregiver what they're going to inherit. So we do these assessments um, and then we come back and they have to pay for the assessment. And a lot of them just want us to say, yes, we'll take the cat or the dog. And we can't do that. We have to see, you know, if it's a fit. But I mean, on the bright side, we're we're here to help reduce the offloading of these situations to shelters, you know. Um, yeah. So we, we're very excited to to really get this ball rolling. 
And if someone wanted to, if someone had space in their home and their heart to be a provider, a, a pet caregiver, do you also, you know, would they reach out to you and, yes, and yes. they could sign up with you? Yeah, we encourage it. So on our website, there's a contact us uh, page. And if they want to be a pet caregiver, um, we can put them on the roster. And if we usually wait until we have a pet to match and then we do the assessments mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the United States is a large country. Um, so we, we put our resources where the resources are needed. So we will keep them um, in our database and then call upon them when uh, the situation arises so that we can do the assessments uh, and then come back and, and do the, uh, a good match between caregiver and pet. Yeah, that's good. I also looked, I, I haven't actually looked this up to see if it's still running, but I found out about the, um, there's a Texas A&M um, program where it's the Stevenson Companion Animal Life Care Center. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and they have a lot, they have like almost 600 pets um, in enrolled in the program. And, you know, they, I guess it's run like a sanctuary where you can take your pet, but it's not, it's not cheap. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, at, you know, $50,000 at the minimum. And depending on how old you are up to a hundred thousand dollars of endowment that, that you have to give them to take, to take your pet. And, and I guess, I guess that model is built on the, the medical care that they're giving the pets that gives them as I have built in database of animals for their students to do, you know, veterinary exams and lab work and things like that. So it's, it's kind of an interesting win-win situation there, but, but, you know, I can't imagine a, any kind of sanctuary set up, you know, yes, it probably keeps your pet you know, alive, but is that the right kind of home environment interaction that you would really want for your pet in the event of your death? And you touched upon something that um, is very important is a lot of people come to estate will planners and and, uh, uh, lawyers that write wills and say, I'd like to leave $10,000 for the care of my cat, you know, well, there's a lot of factors in there that $10,000 might not be enough. And, you know, in our, our, our will kits, uh, there is a worksheet to help you realize exactly how much. So we look at the cat's present age, you know, the average life of that breed of cat, you know, so how many years are left times how much you pay for cat food and veterinary right. visits, stuff like that. And it does add up. It, it, it can be very sizable and people realize, oh, I, I didn't realize that. And, you know, we're working with uh, estate planners to say, okay, you might only have $10,000 now, but you can put this into an investment mutual fund or some sort of uh, fund and it can grow to the $50,000 needed by the time, you know, uh, your time has passed. So there's a lot of creative ways that we can work with people to really help them uh, with their concerns about their pets uh, when they're gone. Mm-hmm. And do you do, are, are you offering complete will writing services or just the pet addendum part? Yes, we're, we have, uh, we do not have lawyers and we do not have estate planners. What we do is we certify them to be pet estate will friendly so that they know what to look for. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. Um, there's There's certain pet owners that might have inhumane practices and they don't even realize it like dyeing your pet's hair 
the chemicals in dyes are very, very harmful, you know. So a lawyer might not know that, but a lawyer that went through our pet estate will certification process will and would say, hey, are you aware that dyeing your pet's hair will shorten its life? I know you want this in the will that, you know, my cat mittens gets dyed, hair dyed every four months, but it's not very healthy and it's going to shorten the life of, of your pet. So they can advise them better going through our certification program um, on how best to uh, think about the interest of the pet. Remember, we're here for the interest of the pet when uh, the owner has has passed on. So we are always focused on what's best for the pet. That's interesting. And so attorneys too, any attorneys listening that that might want to get certified, you have a, a certification process. Correct. So right. just go through our contact us page and we will, the next time we have a certification process, it is a paid process. Uh, it's a workshop that they go through and complete. And once they've done, they get this insignia that allows them to put that on their website and on any documents so that people that are looking for lawyers that they want to have their will done um, can go to uh, the certified lawyers and say, I need a will done. And I know that you you're, you know how to do it so that my pet has a, a very good life mm -hmm. after I'm gone. Um, also, which is, which is very important, is that... Um, you know, this certification process standardizes the industry so that the the care of pets are balanced regardless where you go. So people will see this on the website and they're like, oh, I know that this person knows, you know, how to succinctly do these as well as if they download our do-it-yourself kit for the addendum, which is economical, um, they can just go to these attorneys because they these attorneys know the addendum like the back of their hand and just add it on there. There are some instances that are unique that might have to say, okay, we we can't use the addendum. We need to put certain factors in into the will. So we have to expand the will. They usually credit you back your payment for the addendum that you purchase when they have to do that because they know there's going to be additional charges. So, um, you know, the certified attorneys and estate planners that we have are very knowledgeable about how we expect them to write these wills and how we expect them to um, think in the best interest of the pets. Because th before this, there was no training for that. Right. And do you have a database on your website if someone is looking for a, a certified attorney or estate planner? Yep. Just go to our, our contact us site, say, hey, I'm in this location and we will uh, source our database and say, okay, we found three attorneys and two estate planners, depending on what you have. Now we have another division of our company um, that is not, uh, which is actually the parent company. Uh, our parent company is called Uyghur and Green. Uh, Uyghur being, Green being my last name and Uyghur being the last name of the other co-founder, John Uyghur. Um, and that is for custom um, sort of high-end clientele, like uh, there's corporations that own thoroughbreds, you know, mm -hmm. so they have to have a special, you know, I didn't know this, but the, the budget for taking care of racehorses is about $500,000 a year, you know, they're, they're, they're not cheap. My, my aunt owns a horse farm and per horse, she spends about $120,000 a year yeah. taking care of them. So, I mean, they're very, my, she jokes that uh, 
horses are the pet of kings because you have to have a king's ransom to take care of them. <laughs> That's but, true. So, you know, when we, when whenever we get into those situations where um, it has to be a custom design sort of treatment where we have to hire people, um, then it goes to Uyghur and Green. It does not stay with lifepet.care because those are very very uh, detailed focused um, sort of pet administration plans that require a lot of entities involved in that. Yeah. Interesting. Very, very, yeah. very interesting. Um, yeah. That's, this has been very, very insightful for us. Any, oh, you. anything else you think our listeners need to know? I mean, I would encourage everybody obviously go, go to the website, right? Lifepet.care. And, um, and, and if you buy the package, put in cat talk, is that all lowercase, uppercase, or does it doesn't matter? matter. Okay, sensitive. Doesn't matter. Okay. Cat talk, and you'll get a 33% discount on the kit, which gives you an addendum to attach to your will for your cat's care after, after we depart, which is so, so, so important. And, uh, Anything I also, else? yeah, I also encourage you to go to your state legislation. If you're not in the states uh, that I listed, to ask them about pet companion status for uh, our loved ones because you can make the difference. And you know, uh, I didn't say this, but you know, 58 million there are 58 million cat owners um, and 31 million households that own cats that's almost one in four households have a cat um, and this is from the american veterinary medical association's website so um, legislation will now hear you because now we're a large mass of people that have pets that really need you know the law behind them so that that'll help if you go and call upon your politicians yeah that's great 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 thank you for being with us today Oh, you're very welcome. I really enjoyed being on your show, Molly. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in with us today. Go out to your social media accounts and find Cat Behavior Solutions Cat Talk Radio and, and follow us. We're posting all kinds of nifty and funny things out there for you to enjoy. And go to our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org and check out our behavior boutique. We've got lots of products and toys and treats in there to help your cat behave better. And we're going to keep doing this radio show as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. So until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit 
cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.